you know, they go tell me, you know, all the seriousness, you know, all the old talk, all the bong to do them people, that all the bong to be them white people, so that, that, that's all right, you know, that's all right. I see all they taking it and making joke at them kind of thing, whatever. I mean, <laughs> how we reached, how we reached a, a fight between some people had to move a boat and they want to move the boat into reparations for slavery. How we reached so far? How it is reached so far? I don't know how that could end up being a settlement for a slavery argument. I'm confused. But I'll tell you one thing, right? Before I get into the mix, right? I'll tell you one thing, right? It's a one mistake they make. One mistake they make, right? It was glaring. You really shouldn't have hit that one that chair. They have a better solution to these kind of problems. We will take a lesson from the elders, right? Who knows? Who knows? Who This is a story, ladies and gentlemen, about two lovely white women traveling all the way to Africa and Alabama. Africa found themselves deep. In the heart of the Baluba in Montgomery. In the hands of my big brother, Uba. <laughs> Had it been me, I would have taken them back to their husband. I too. But brother was hungry. Ha! Hungry. Ha! Hungry. Two white women traveling through Africa. opportunity if we learn anything if we want to go back to ancestors or something that was the opportunity there you had to know who to fight who to beat who to release and who to hold on to
And you, you know the man, the man is when the trash in water. Here she go, here she go. Welcome to episode 151 of the Corey Shepherd Podcast. Hey, let me just take a minute to salute everybody who was here from day one. 150 is a long journey, you know. Salute to everybody who was here from day one, who listened from episode one up to today, you know what I mean? Is either is a lot of love or is a glutton for punishment. I don't know which one out of the two it is, but I, thank you. I appreciate you all being here. And salute to everybody who knew on board, you know. Salute to everybody who now started to listen. Or episode 151. <laughs> Welcome on board. You pick up where you left off. No, 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 don't worry about going back. We're going forward, right? So, uh, biggest story of the week. Only, 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 only beat up them white folks and them. Only celebrate this thing. I Let me tell you something, man. I see the video <laughs> with this thing in Alabama. And the first thing comes to my mind is, how lame that man threw up that cap in the air and then get beat up after that, right? Me and watching, I didn't read no context. I didn't listen to no audio. I just see a white boy and a, a fellow fighting or two men fighting. Forget race for now, right? So me and know what is the backstory and me and know involved in it. Me and know who hit who first. I don't know what caused this, this situation. And it's a good thing me and record before then. So you see, it pays to be late. <laughs> it pays because... When I put on that as a topic to talk about here, I go to say, 
That was the little thing we used to do a long time. When you see a man square, put you and he come up too close, you drop something in the air. And then when he look up, you catch him in the throat there. You know what I mean? That's little fighting skills when you can't fight like me, right? So that used to be... And I said, but where this man pull out this whole 1960s move? <laughs> you know, he hit me one, two, and then the man hit you three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like, what kind of move is that? So I didn't know, little did I know, that this turned out to be a whole race war. <laughs> I only, only done see the video already, and we, we done, everybody done beat this topic to death, right? I just come to point out where we went wrong in this discussion. I feel, I feel we went wrong in this discussion. All you know me already. I's a man like peace and unity. Peace and unity. I'm anti-war. I'm anti-violence. I'm frightened. I don't like to... We, we could talk these things out. Can't we all just get along? We can't just get along with one another. Especially when you see uh, white people and black people have too much history in Alabama and Montgomery. And, and, and too much, too, near too much bodies of water and things for me to, get, to be getting into these things. And I feel it's a combination of all them things, you know. A big boat, a smaller boat, some white people, a black fellow who working, some white people who look like they're enjoying a vacation. I feel it's a combination of all the things make people pull this up because this ain't the first time we see racist fights, just people fighting. You see that all the time. And the advantageous nature of how this thing starts off is what people getting mad for, you know, because a man trying to do his work. <laughs> He talking to them. He can see when he talking to them, he getting amped up. Eh? Because, well, let me tell you something for anybody who is not black, right? When you see black people start to clap so when them thing they're talking, fight about to start. So <laughs> the white boys and them must have done their head bad and them see the clapping and they clearly have a little experience with black people before because they say, listen, let me let me let me let me start this before he start me. Because once after that clapping, it's clapped a face. So unfortunately they try to advantage the man and thing. And I would like to see things like that to know. Advantage just bother me. I've said here many times before, and I tell people all the time that you see. I would want to be very far away from any situation where I could see a group or a mob of people advantaging somebody else because I am very likely to take the swimming route. Now listen to boy who dive off and swim. That would be me. I don't like to see them kind of thing. That just trigger me immediately. I find if you and a man square up and two all you're fighting, your partners and them could watch that fight. Or part the fight and make sure. And you know, salute to the first fellow who running, the first black fellow who running. The man was playing the role of the peacemaker, black blessed be the peacemaker because something on something on earth, right? <laughs> His place, something on earth, right? He come in to party fight. He didn't come in to, 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 to start the brawl, you know, but I don't know if these, um, I don't know if this white family was prepared for what was going to happen after because people, well, my guy couldn't wait for the boat to dock. He swim across and boy, when that boat dock, they say the, the cap was the bat signal. <laughs> The internet had a great time with this. <laughs> you know what's funny about this story too? In all fairness, like, even though it turned out to be a, 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 in, in, par- in true, in true parody style, we like to laugh at everything that happened on the internet, right? But and typically things online, when you look at the comments in the shade room, or any, any one of these places is usually polarizing, right? Especially racial things in the States. They get polarizing very fast. But I realize in the comments, like, White America didn't really want to respond too much to this. I, I think that they, in fairness, to see that as, hey, all they try to advantage a man and all they get deal a dread portion. <laughs> but as I say, the man, the man who makes the mistake, Sparrow Telly, you know, the man who makes the mistake is the man who hit the woman in the chair. You notice the dog police something in the video. 
there was a law in the scene to calm down, so them looking to arrest the white people who was the aggressors and anything. And there was going, there was basically going to allow everybody else. There was going to just listen. All the calm down, call it a day, okay. All is done, protect him already. All is save all the partner. Let me just get this together. But my boy who come in with the chair and start to deal people some chair like if it's wrestling. <laughs> I don't know what got into him. <laughs> I don't know what got into him because everything was done settled down. We had the upper hand. <laughs> what is he hit that woman so hard for? <laughs> Why why he do that? Why why he hit the woman? That was nice enough. The woman done sorry, she done went through enough already. One done get dumped in the water. All you notice one of the fellas on them went floor more than water. He leave his partners and dive off the, 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 the jetty and gone back in the water. That's why I would do. But the woman done she she done get a portion. It had man and woman who come off the boat and boy, listen, them women and them. It's like for everything. They would have received, you know, that's what people saying. Well, everything your ancestors get, this was the moment. And I, I find we being unfair to our ancestors, you know, to be honest with you. Because people trying to talk a talk about, this is what we should have done 400 years ago. I want to tell you that this is exactly what we did 400 years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you, you think you think the, the, the beginning of the slave trade was docile and peaceful and thing? That was a bloody thing, which we will never forget. But we live in an age where... We could all try and live in peace. When the man come and tell you move your boat, why it matter if the man black, white, or indifferent? If he had to move your boat for the boat to pass, like just move your boat and let it take pass. No man, let the man park. Let me, let me keep this thing simple. Why we had to why we had to fight the security guard on moving the boat? And why be, when you see a boat full of um, hip hoppers, you know what I mean? Them hip hop, them fill with the flop fellas and them coming to park. We just let the people think. Only could have moved all the boat and avoid all this situation. And on the flip side of this, you know what I mean? All you know is our pizza, right? You, you should know this by now. We, let me say, we as a race, right? We, we, we see the situation, everybody running, which I would have probably do too. More like the first fella to probably party fight. But if it come down to the come down and I had a swing, I would have had a swing. Because we had to defend ourselves, right? You get the upper hand on them, you soft mop everybody. You soft mop daddy and them, you soft mop the two youths and them who start the fight. Or you soft mop the woman and them and all. All right, that is it. The bell ring, the fight done. You know what I mean? Sometimes you had to let the bell ring and the fight done and you, you crown the champion and you move on. I still don't understand this world we live in where this cancel culture thing that we support. All you know me, I don't like it, I don't like it. So while you had to go and close down the people mini mad. <laughs> so they must make a living no more. They make a bad choice, right? Let me say, all right, there was call them the worst or what you want to call them. They make a bad choice. It was race-driven. They see a black security. They ain't like him. They, they make a terrible call and a wicked advantage. Just move to start the man for nothing. You know what I mean? You physically start the man. Thank God he's had cameras there too because you know that story could have go. It is this is, is you as you're talking about, right? But after all that, and all that soft mob the men, I see a video come out with the um with one of the fellas who's allegedly part of the brawl. And that man face properly wax up, you know. That man face properly wax up. Thing in his nose to prevent the bleeding and thing. And, I mean, so that is not enough. The men make a wrong move. We put them in the place and soften them up. Now we had to find every one of them, find everywhere they walk in. For, and no, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. We, I think we had to be beyond the idea of revenge and vengeance and thing. You deal with a situation, you deal with it then and there. As far as I'm concerned, you deal with it very well too. Them men, I must be open big when they notice, oh God, all of them come in. <laughs> if, it's a, if it's any flashback from the 400 years of separation we went through, it had to be that moment when, 
revolt would have happened in Haiti or revolt would have happened in Ghana when it's time to put man on board, they say, oh God, there's a lot of them. <laughs> well, listen, that is not my world. And if only if you get me to talk about this and I have clients who I have clients of Caucasian persuasion and I invoice, I was only mad about it. Not me, only gonna set me up and make me collect my little coins. No, not me. <laughs> not I. I am always here to talk about Calypso in Trinidad and Tobago and the issues that we facing as a nation. <laughs> Left them Yankees problem to them, right? But in the spirit of the biggest story of the week, I've lined up a few selections for you, for your listening pleasure, that have to do with beating. Because if it's licks and it's beaten, all you want to talk about, then let me talk about Calypso, what had to do with beating, right? (laughs) And the first song I want to play for you, I want to remind you, well, first, I'm not going to tell you who sing it, because the voice is one that you should know, and you should just listen for the voice good. I'm pretty sure that most of the people who are listening to this never hear this before, but listen to the voice good, and you'll figure out who it is. I want to say up front, that this song is not politically correct <laughs> it is not it is not of this age this was sung a long time ago a matter of fact when you hear the voice you would realize that it's one of his earliest songs in his career right but it's directly related to this thing when the man hit the woman with the chair man i ain't like that part that man hit a woman hard and while he went and run up the chairs on the amazon why we like this why we like this we can't just let things live and let things slide come on <laughs> But that woman and that woman real hard. So I had to go and find a song that was along the lines of a man overdoing it where a woman is concerned. And this is not of this era, though judged by today's standards. But I were taking the song for me, right? <laughs> taking the sweetness of this song. And hear who the song is about and tell me if all you could tell me who's singing this song. Shorty beating a girl the other day. Yes. This big Calypsonian, I was made to understand. Put a severely kill on the woman. You say he could have done it privately and don't let people see. But in front of everybody, I hear Shorty lick she. Oh, the lick she. She face, lick to she waist, he lick off piece as she put in place and he lick she. What? He well lick up she pim 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 
Silly county girl play She get vexed and decided to retaliate They say this girl was really tough She make out a real hard stuff Because she stand up there and take out 25 puff Shorty get mad and he felt a kick The girl pop and weep under it And she hold on to his squeezes and start squeezing it Oh God, she squeezing Shout, she says, shut your damn mouth. She squeeze it till she squeeze it out, and she squeeze it. Oh, she squeeze it. Who, uh, uh, you, you want to take a guess as to who sing it? <laughs> You know, Shorty singing about the great Garfield Blackman, and if the record says it right, Garfield Blackman might have write that song too. <laughs> tell me if you know the voice, man. One of the greatest to ever sing Kaiso and Soka. One of the greatest. So, where to start this week, but where to start first? Congratulations to everybody who was involved and is involved in the CARICOM. Well, I was looking at the opening of the CARICOM games, and it's a. It's a no, uh, am I saying it right? It's not CARICOM game. Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Youth Games in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, the opening ceremony was amazing. We get to see Tantan. When last time I see Tantan and Saga Boy Boy, to, to bring them out. And I just had to go back to this as I always say, right? When we're talking about Museum of Trinidad and Tobago, and here talks about building a carnival museum and thing. You don't find Tantan and Saga Boy should be in places that we could see at all times. Those things should be available for every generation who passed through Trinidad and Tobago, or everybody who call themselves Trinidadian and Tobagonian to be able to go to those spaces and see these costumes with pride. We should never miss out on this. Uh, if I remember right, the last time I would have seen Tantan and Saga Boy was in the Stadium 2 for one of Marshall shows, the one that uh, Peter Minshall had arranged, and that might be 2010. When you think about how far, uh, how long ago that was. And you know, these costumes, they're so elaborate. These things are not disposable. We're making our carnival into a disposable thing where everything come a year. Like, how how much for the people who fly back after carnival? Do they still have a lot of people who like carry back the headpiece and make that a part of the decor in their home? Salute the Thompsons. I went by them at time and I see them have the, the, the decor from the carnival over the years as part of the... Uh, the, sorry, the headpieces and pieces of the costume as part of the home decor. But is that still a thing? Or is it completely disposable where they do like me and throw away? By the time I leave the stage, I throw away everything that, that... The only thing I go with is what I came with. Not, not the costume is going with me. But certainly the, the individual pieces, the, the iconic ones like Tantan and Saga Boy, one from Rat Race. Um, you all might remember a good bit of them, right? The, uh, there's one in particular that I see on a lot of tourism... Um, a lot of tourism magazines and so on, like Caribbean Beat, that was played by Peter Samuel, I believe. Those things are iconic and will stand out in the memory for a lot of us who would have been here to see it. But we had to do this thing for generations that are not here yet. We had to start a plan. You know, they say live for your last name, not for your first name. We had a plan for those who come in after us and show more of this because in the... Open of the Commonwealth Games, when these things came out, they made a big, a big splash across social media. And we must always remember that they have people, while we might remember Tantan and Saga Boys, when you look at the crowd in the stadium for the opening from all over the world, people come to support their uh, 
their athletes or the youths in their family who win this, and they would have been able to see the best of what we have to display in the midst of what we call any worst times in Trinidad and Tobago. People coming here and seeing the best of what we have. I think it's an important thing that we must never forget. But let me go to the Newsday now. This is from Newsday. Don't ever say who's reporting it. Just says Newsday reports. And Newsday always short pay people or something, or they don't want them to know who all they publish. Commonwealth Youth Games Trinidad 2023. They say after years of preparation, the Commonwealth Youth Games 2023 kicked off with a colorful opening ceremony on Friday with carnival costumes and soca music filling the air as over a thousand athletes from 70 countries were cheered on by spectators at the Hazley Crawford Stadium. So, uh, some of the highlights of the day presented by Angelo Marcel. I will link this in the episode description because for anybody who are abroad, it would be nice for you to log into this or just check the article. As a matter of fact, if you just Google uh, Commonwealth Games, you will see some photo highlights presented by the Newsday here that would go through the teams, pre- represented themselves well. That's the visiting teams. And Team Trinidad and Tobago led out by... Uh, what's my friend's name again, boy? Who's um? <laughs> Listen, I I's a man supposed to record early anymore. I I I's not to record tonight. Free Town Collective, <laughs> led out by Free, by Free Town Collective, who have a special song for the occasion. Is worth taking a look at, and it's worth seeing how the teams represented themselves. And it always reminds me in these um in these global games opens it's such an important part of the presentation of your culture and you know what what one of the things that is undeniable is when you no matter which the games might be it might be world cup world cup don't do this walkout thing right so mostly it's olympic open when you see the olympic open and each team is represented on the track the way they do it do they do that for world cup as if now that are thinking back about the world cup open the teams just walk by for world cup the same way with the olympics but certainly for the Olympic Open, you, you tend to be able to identify some of the teams by the color, by the chants, by the dance. And usually it's the African countries as well as the Caribbean countries that usually stand out in a big way in those opening ceremonies. No knock to the culture of other countries, but the way they present themselves, the costumes they might wear, is such an important part because at the end of the day, right, when we go in the Olympics, we ain't winning too much our race, right? Let me, let, me, let me start up make our own rules here and play games that we could win, right? We don't we don't win too much a race again. We we don't win too much a match in the Olympics. We are we are looking so great, you know what I mean? In the, in the, in, the, in, the, in the space of international sports or regional sports. We are so so better we stick to the we, we we should just be the best at the opening ceremony until they start to give out medal for that. We go up with medal continent. If we send this kind of delegation we had here, it don't matter who you run. As a matter of fact, we don't even bong to send the athletes again. Just send artists and uh, send Pan, Calypso, and Soka, and send costume makers and wirebender and them kind of thing. That might be the better bet for, um, <laughs> for sports the way we're going in this country. But it's something that we could use for our own benefit to market the country and show what we have, show what Carnival is. Every single time an international team goes out on them tracks, we should use it as an opportunity to market Carnival. So when we have the Ministry of Sports have a budget to send a team somewhere, the Minister, the Minister of Culture is supposed to say, all right, put on something on that budget because we want to make sure we have the best of Carnival on display in those countries. I don't care if it's the beads and tongues mask, the Trinidad killer say only wearing tongues and only broken. But if it's the beads and tongues mask or the 
minchel type it don't matter what it is let me just decide and I, I keep saying this every time we need a theme for each carnival that we start after the carnival finish here so from the time ash wednesday come well, we want to spare the length for religious purposes and so on. From time Easter Monday come, we're supposed to say here we're going on. Launch of Carnival 2024 season is here. We launching everybody else Carnival throughout the world. You see, I was watching, um, I think it was Caribana this week. Caribana looked like, it, you know what I mean, it had thing. Uh, Antigua Carnival looking like it had thing. Salute my mom. She now went and take a fet in Antigua Carnival. Them looking like they had thing. But if after our carnival, we declare the start of the carnival calendar for the next year. So after 2023 carnival, we come out and say the start of the thing is this year. The theme for carnival for the whole world is X. And we basically put pressure on the other countries to conform to that. Being market leaders, you have to be market leaders, right? If you're in charge of the thing, set the tone for the thing. And we tell people, this is what Carnival have to give this year. And that will last from that moment that we launch it all the way through to Carnival Tuesday in Trinidad Carnival, which is the end of the Carnival season, the global Carnival season I'm talking about. So that way, we, 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 we start to get... The entire industry following us. And now is the time to do that, you know, because as the other carnivals throw the region get more and more competitive, they're going to find ways and they're already finding ways to compete with us that we're not going to be able to compete. We have we done have a certain size already. We have a format for carnival that's not changing drastically. We have a music, you know, we have a music uh industry that that is it is what it is. We have to take ownership of this whole thing, no matter what direction people go in. We must dictate it. And maybe even consider as much as we do like... Um, I have some listeners here who rail against the idea of allowing foreigners to compete in our carnival, right? <laughs> but I'll say, let us set the competition for everywhere in the world. So we judge Banner the Year for Caribana. We judge Banner the Year for what? So yeah, Notting Hill, for Hollywood, for Miami, every single carnival around the world, Berlin, our carnival and them thing, every single carnival around the world, we set the tone, we send the judges, we decide what is your road march, what is your, you know, let us become the standard bearer. This is not an uncommon thing. So if you look at big industries, right, or you look at the very big companies, plenty of all you have big working big companies and stuff. In all your big companies, all you not ISO certified. When you look at ISO certification, right, it's, a, it's just a basically a standard bearer on, in the global space for several different uh, production and operation efficiencies, right? Let me put it like that. So what ISO basically is saying is that I could certify you anywhere you are in the world based on a series of standards that I set up and a series of audits and tests that you must pass on a periodic basis. And that will ensure that you're compliant with international or global standards of production, of manufacturing, of office setup and safety. And it, wh why we can't just take a minute, right, and set up a ISO or well, we do want to call it ISO. You know, you could say ISO, MISO. I could call it that and say that is what it is for Carnival. And we set up a repository of information that says this is what a Carnival is. If you don't fit into these standards, well, you cannot call it carnival you can't call it this is not that and we could say that 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 would entail a truck with a thing behind it and just just do all the work but i don't know i don't know if we want to stop to do the work again i don't know if we trust we we don't seem to trust the private sector and all that we feel that the best bet or the best people to do that is the government which we know how that goes i plenty to talk about them today 
But I, I don't know that um I don't know that those you 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 trust the people who would have been in government before to implement any kind of plan like this if you see the plan as valuable as well. I don't know that I do. So you would you would of course need investors and private sector and stuff to come up with this. But if we have that standard, I think we could go a long way. I think we could go a long way. So I'm hoping to see more of that. But congrats to everybody who was involved in the Commonwealth Games. You all did an excellent job. And again, I am here to play songs that have to do with <laughs> with beating, right? Because while they overdo the thing with this beating thing, to be honest, and <laughs> I joined in the train with all you. It would be remiss of me to attempt to have an episode to talk about badness and beating people without playing a song off you from the baddest man in Calypso history. The beating grenade and down in the square. I must give a last name, me get me share. Man, the licking grenade and in Woodford Square. Since they hear we are federation, all of them pack up here in the island. Immigration have them under attest. The police beating them and arrest. If you see how they all in this camp and them friends, you're bound to ball. Some of them could read and spell, but they can't pronounce at all. The policemen telling them, say, big, you stupid man. And as they say, hot licks in the police van. I first them grenade and stupid. Hear what happened to one who them cupid. I woke the man when the seek. The boss tell him five dollars a week. He say, boss, me not tell you flat. Me not working for that. All right, twenty dollars a month. The boss say, that singing better. Me work right away. If you see how they all in this camp and them friends, you're bound to Some of them could read and spell, but they can't pronounce at all. The policeman telling them, say, pot, you stupid man. And as they say, pat, licks in the policeman. Them Grenadian making we hood one just from here and he start to shoot. His name is the mighty Arrow, the man the sing calypso, but I waiting on the judge and jury. As they finish with he, if he win the case, I won't have no fear posting him back in a box mark handle with care. If you see how they all in this game and them friends you bung too. Some of them could read and spell but they can't pronounce at all. The policeman telling them say box you stupid man. And as they say box, licks in the police van. Them live next to me, 
They just have Lord Blakey on easy when they wake in the morning. See how they're stretching like they're sleeping on slumber king. But inside the house, they have a bed. I wonder where this camp they just rest ahead. So I night the Lord Blakey take a little peep. They just hold on to a line and stand up to sleep. If you see how they hold in this camp and them friends you bound to fall. Some of them could read and spell but they can't pronounce at all. The policemen telling them say cross your stupid man. And as they say cross, straight inside the van. And as they say back, he's licks in the police van. Badam, badam. That's the voice of Carlton Joseph, the great Lord Blakey. They say the warlord of Calypso, one of the baddest men in Calypso. I might, I might have a next one for you before we done this episode. But talking about bad man and thing, as we on bad man thing, I want to, I want to, I want to address badness here immediately. Fought right, the badness in the country gone mad over the weekend. Everybody see this um. This situation with this woman who was leaving her house in Philippines and then get gunned down on the same street. Uh, you know, the things just get even more glaring when you see video of exactly how it happened. The, the story came out at first and then you see a young woman uh, basically reported as a young businesswoman who get murdered uh, on her way leaving home to do something. You know what I mean? The, 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 the thing that makes it frightening, right, is that it's typical things that any one of us could be doing on any given day. You get up in the morning, you're going to the market, you're going to work, you're going wherever it might be. And then you had to deal with this. Now, one thing that we could all admit is that that looked very direct. In other words, they came for something specific. They, they didn't come for talk. They didn't come to reason. They didn't come to rob because there's a Range Rover, the woman driving, and that would be a nice little car to move with, but nobody was interested in her. You see the video where... She leave her home as she drive down the road. All right, see, so relax. She they, they drive down the road and well, she drive down the road and then they block her. They chase her down. She put in a bad reverse or a bad driver, and that was the end of that. So rest in peace, her and condolences to her family first and foremost. But those are the things that make it so glaring and even more frightening. And it's almost like last week I was saying, I wonder if it's in the heat of the battle. Auntie Cams was on the thing and say, "Here, what going on?" Wet them up, light them up, spark them up, empty the clip, and go again. You know what I mean? Sometimes in the heat of the year, you ever given a presentation and they start to get wild and just you start to talk loose. Like, I mean, that's happened to me all the time. I don't know if I have to you, but I was wondering if it was that she was on. <laughs> but, and I said last week I was going to monitor to see if this is what they're doubling down on or this is, this is the stance. But this is clearly the stance of the party, right? This is the stance of the party. The stance of the UNC as they contest the local government election and, as far as I am concerned, prep themselves for the upcoming general election, which is, is, is closer than we think in terms of our planning process, right? And <laughs> the idea here is that the... The crime has gone too far, and with crime being uh, run away and the state not doing a good enough job of getting that back under control and giving us a safe place to live, the position seems to be give us enough guns, give us access to guns so that we can protect ourselves and wet them up and empty the clip and them kind of thing, right? As I constantly talk about here, 
I, I'm still on the fence. I don't know what is my position on this. I I feel if it's legally accessible to people, then people should go ahead and apply and get their weapons. I also see more and more where the if you look at um the process or what should be a smooth process or what the process should be to get a firearm in terms of registering, registering your weapon, you had to register with one of the gun clubs and those types of things. I always draw the parallels of the way it's done in Jamaica. It means that uh, somebody with a legal firearm is an easily traceable person so that if there's any issue that comes up with their use or misuse of the firearm, then we could find them. We saw a case of this recently by Buzzba where a man uh, maybe had enough few and he got hot and he started to tell man hot skull talk, you know what I mean? Everybody like a little hot skull talking. <laughs> but what he didn't cater for the hot skull talk is that the great Mark Bassant was right there and Mark Bassant was recording the whole thing. So that went viral. I assume that he may be penalized and no longer deemed to be a a um somebody who is fit to hold a firearm in our society, right? Because of his actions and other time. But uh, in the midst of all that, and with all the talk, you hearing talk about this woman in the Philippines have, having a firearm. She claimed that she's a legal firearm owner. I'm not sure if she would have returned fire or what it was done, but I want us to just keep in mind that... We, well, let me talk for myself. I don't want to live in a wild, wild west where I have to protect myself. I'm going to put it like that, plain point blank, right? I don't want to live in a world where I had to take my protection into my own hand. Not certainly not as my first line of defense, right? I talking to my boy one the other day and he said, boy, I will do what it takes. I will get dogs. I will build my fence. If somebody comes to my house, I will blow my air horn, you know what I mean? You know, some, some, some communities have air horns to blow so that we could scare away. All those are things that I'd rather do to protect myself and get alarm system and get camera or whatever it is. I don't want it to have to come down to a showdown with me and a man and now it's as a Western kind of situation because again, my my as a peacemaker, as a, I watch people laugh at the Alabama fight and thing and boy, listen, sometimes I just feel sorry for the aggressor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even the, even though the person wrong, I just say, oh, go, 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 leave him that. All right, all right, all right. Enough. I mean, one chair good, one chair good. Not that, not that, not a whole congregation. What a chair at any man. <laughs> I, 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 that's me. Yeah, blessed are the peacemakers. Remember? So I don't know if I prepared, even if my life under threat, to live with the fact that I take somebody life or cause great what is it called grievous bodily harm great whatever it is i don't know if i can live with myself i can't sleep any night come and think so that is that is not necessarily for me but again the call of the opposition is to continue to issue firearms let people get a protection for themselves and if home invade if the government isn't doing nothing about home invasions wear them up uh again tricky call for me because they will come back in power and I don't have a whole lot of high expectations about what they're going to do regarding crime and making arresting the crime situation so to speak I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that anyway so I, I'm not sure but Rollers has responded and apparently we have um well a few things they responded to right I want to go through a couple of articles that covering Rollers's response to what is being said about the about the gun thing right so PM slams Kamala over gun talk. This is from Annalisa Paul in The Guardian. Prime Minister Dr. Keith Rowley has again lashed out at opposition leader Kamala Prasad Bissessa over comments she made in relation to her party's plan to implement standing ground law if her party's return to office. Saying, while the issue of crime and criminality is not new to our society, which would 
have witnessed this gradual escalation over the years. Prime Minister Dr. Keith Rowley said no one needs to be re-traumatized by persons on a political platform who are only intent on using it to create fear-mongering among the masses. I don't know if in this country you had to do too much of fear-mongering, right? I, I would talk reluctantly. I will say I have a partner who is now my official security advisor. He advised me not to talk about these things, but I will talk about them lightly. Because I hear some voice notes and things going wrong and some recordings of phone conversation. I don't know if anybody have any fear mongering to do here, Doc. But alright. Instead, he urged Posad Bicessa to give citizens something useful for society to engage in as a response to the criminal element. But talking this quoted now, yeah? But but talking about empty thematic and all the and empty the clip. All of a sudden is unfortunately a script that somebody wrote for the opposition leader who went off and made a fool of us. We're going to tell you much make a fool of herself. This is what Rowley said on Saturday night as she responded to questions during the conversations with the Prime Minister at the La Jolla complex in St. Joseph. Rowley cautioned that there was a problem with the conversation being touched by Posad Bissessa. He elaborated, in our society, our young people who are fashion conscious they know that lingo. They know what that means when you bring back, when you bring that to center stage and bring it on a political platform to be part of the speech. You're not educating anybody. You're simply giving recognized rank to, recognized rank to something that is detrimental and deleterious to our well-being. As I read in this, I tend to agree with this to a certain extent. I work a lot away. Am I wearing red? I tend to agree with this to a certain extent. I... Maybe again, maybe I put in too much hope and faith in politicians still, but I'm not sure how comfortable I am with the rhetoric being wet them up and empty the clip and reload. I, I'm not sure. I don't think we should. As the most learned, I, I always say the, the, the politicians are some of the best and brightest the society have, right? And first, and them ain't no joke, bright, right? Kamala uh, Pasad Bissessa herself has done a lot you're well educated you're exposed you're traveled you know i mean you have your whole good jobs you keep good company you have, you have you have a lot of by any measure of what education is you've been exposed to a lot of it why do we as leaders in a society need to bring ourselves down to a certain level and i'm not talking about kamala alone i just talking about kamala in this situation because rollers do the same thing as far as i concerned. we tend to want to bring ourselves down to these levels especially during campaigners like we'll say whatever to stir up the masses, uh, stir up the undecided, to appeal to your base, or to to, 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 to to basically piss off the next side, you know what I mean? It seems as though it, it, there's no end to where it goes. So I, I think, I'm not talking about the stand your ground law now, I'm talking about the way it being described on a political platform. Empty the clip on them and reload. I understand the sentiment, I understand the fear, I, I, I live in the same fear, the same issue. But my expectation is that the leaders, when they're talking to the masses, talk differently. So, for instance, and I was going to use a reference about um, I was going to use a reference about the way I would talk here or the way I would talk on the block or when I home it stays you're talking and alignment and thing versus when I'm talking to staff and that kind of thing. But I'm frightened to say anything about business again. I'm frightened. I don't want nobody to know. I don't have no business. I work in um, I work in the ministry. That's why I that not me afraid so the rhetoric is what i mean like the the statement empty the clip and reload should that be the statement coming from so, let, let's assume that she, she's vying to be prime minister 
How comfortable you are with the Prime Minister of the country saying, hey, crime bad, empty the clip and reload. That makes me a little bit, um, that makes me a little bit uneasy, but that's just me. Rowley said, however, that it was unfortunate that the majority of the nation's young people were not into that. And for who, for those who were into it, they know what they are choosing as their way of life. Oh, sorry, he said, noted, noting that such a law provided license for arm users clearance to act without proportionality. I don't think that's why it is either, Rollers. I'm not sure that the stand-your-ground law gives clearance to act without proportionality. There is proportionality. The question is, what is proportionality? Our laws now say, I think it's equal and opposite force, is the way it's stated. So I must prove that I must not overdo with the force that I use to stop somebody, but... Boy, listen, fear is a hell of a thing. Yes, what are you supposed to do? I, I, all like me, all like me, you coward. So I close my eye, I turn my face, and I squeeze, yes, and hope for the best if somebody must see in by me. But I mean, <laughs> you can't say that. So I, if a man come here and he pull out ice pick, I have to pour away my fan and go for ice pick. Now, this is such a tricky thing with our law now. But I, you see some of the issues with stand your ground laws in states in the U.S., that already have issues like racial tension or racial divide or class divide or whatsoever it might be, and a judicial system that might not support, or it supports justice through one eye closed, you know what I mean? Sometimes not everybody get the same kind of justice as the other. Uh, we, could, we, could, we could debate whether or not this is a good plan for our society, given the dynamic of who is the people doing the wetting and who is the people getting the wet? We don't want to, we don't want to have that conversation, but it's an important conversation if you want to put stand your ground laws in place because then we go want to see what justice looks like and if justice only heading in one direction. You know what I mean? Because is it that only certain people are allowed to stand their ground or a certain racial background and so on or ethnic background? Or is it that only a certain class of people is allowed to stand the ground, or is it all we good stand with ground when we have um, illegal firearms? And again, the bigger issue for me is is that the society that we want. So this this was Rollers' response. The other article I was reading was basically him coming out and saying, Prime Minister, this is from what where he is. News memory. Let's pretend it's no, this is actually from the Express. Leah Sorias. Prime Minister Dr. Creed Rowley says standing ground legislation being proposed by the UNC has no place in Trinidad and Tobago and would only create division and an additional problem for the country. Standing ground legislation, standing your ground is legislation that puts one group against what they believe is another group that is causing them to be fearful and it has no place in Trinidad and Tobago. The society is very, fra- this society is a very fractured society. <laughs> we have divisions that could be easily exploited. And it is not the government of Trinidad and Tobago's position that we militarize the country and that we give a gun to everybody. Rowley said during the PNM's conversation with the Prime Minister, well, this is at La Jolla, still, still talking about this, right? The firearm usage is something that has to be carefully thought out and properly managed. He asserted that the standing ground law would create an environment of a free-for-all where people shoot first and ask questions. I don't know if that's the truth either. I don't know if they have evidence to provide that anywhere that have standing ground law, people shoot first and ask questions after. I think the issue with standing ground law is that in the application of standing ground laws, particularly where you have people who already have some kind of divide, so-called a racial divide or otherwise, the application of the law and the enforcement of the the penalty or no enforcement of penalty, that is what ends up being contentious. I don't know that 
Florida, people just walking around shooting at you in Florida all the time. And it, I never see Miami, the man just shooting people because that was standing your ground law. But the, the moral of the story, right, and the core of all of this, we mustn't forget that at the end of the day, you have a citizenry that worried and afraid about crime. I, 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 do, I, don't, I don't like the fact that the political conversation now gone, and, gone back or maybe it never moved from a we versus them and we policy better versus them policy, almost like they're forgetting the outcome. I tell you, sometimes I just realize these people in power, them forget they're working for we, they forget they have a job, or they they, they, they forget us, you know, they only talking to one another. Sometimes they might make a mistake and talk to their base every now and again, but most of the time the reality is that these, 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 these fellas just having a back and forth conversation, you know, them talking to each other. <laughs> And it's a sad thing to see in the face of everything that's going on in this society. But again, I come here. I never hear for no set of serious talk. Never. <laughs> no matter how serious thing gets. But the idea of standing your ground laws, not new to Calypso, you know. And if we're talking about beat people, we can't leave another one of the biggest bad John in Calypso either. Not to worry, any one of them interfere with me. Take it easy, don't worry to beg the jury, save the lawyer fee. And if you have any mail, I'm living in the royal jail. This a monger licking down All over town Shaying me some sweet street All you know who to be so help me I don't tell me friends and my family Not to worry Any one of them interfere with me Take it easy Don't worry to beg me to read Say the lawyer me And if you have any mail I live in royalty That's enough, you know what I mean? It's badness we come to talk about his sister come down quick. So when you listen to, when you listen to you see how the calypso is telling story. The, the song just goes to show you where in the, the the more times change, the more they remain the same, right? But it come out a little early from a <laughs> from 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 I think they just get a verse and a chorus. That's from a medley, right? The original song. I'm not getting a clean enough version of the original song, but I will show you like now. In these days, it's home invasion and it's gun down thing and gang rivalry. I see when they kill the woman the other day, they say immediately it's family feud and this and that. The police come out and say they working on motives for the thing, but social media then decide it had a family feud and they see some old posts and so them social media play judge, jury and executioner. But 
the kind of crime they had then was a different ball game to the crime he had now, but the song so pertinent and the man say, I don't tell my friend and my family not to worry, any one of them interfere with me, take it easy, don't worry to beg the jury, save the lawyer's fee, and if I have any mail, I live in the royal jail. So he, he the story telling you the same exact issue we having now, we've been having since back then. So me know the solution is to hand out gunner. But here the different level of crime they had back in the day, right? Here the verse where they leave out, right? He say, All around them club used to see them, they begging for Bob. When you pass by Strand, they stretching their hand. Partner, give me something there. You ain't have so you walk away. Next morning, you get up in a ravine, your head bust your pocket clean now. Tell me, I don't tell my friends and my family. <laughs> So my right song. But again, the song and them, and this might be good for the game so. But the song and them <laughs> telling you that the thing can pass, right? Only go and listen to the original song and hear what they um they talk about St. James. I don't like that part and I don't like that verse. That's why we ain't playing that verse. Because St. James is still one of the most peaceful. <laughs> one of the most peaceful and law-abiding places you could find in the country. But go and find Sparrow Royal Jail and listen to the whole song you were here, right? But it's the reality. The, the, the times change and the level of crimes change. But uh, again, the more things change, the more they remain the same. Going back to my lady, Kamala, right? I have a little clip to play for all you. I hope all you hear this by now, but it's, it's, it's thoroughly impressive to me that not only are they talking about hold your, stand your ground and empty the clip and reload and wet them up and stuff. The newest development this week is that they are going headfirst into a supportive... In other words, they're they, they openly stamping and supporting the Trinidad movement and the songs that the people singing, right? They're openly coming out and saying now they're supporters of Trinidad. Salute to Macamillion, who is part of the party, who is maybe the only person who might know Trinidad music and understand what Trinidad is. He's again, uh, what do you want to call it? Manager, producer in music for a long, long time. Maybe Anil Roberts as a lineman thing, no, a little bit, but I, I can't tell you anybody in the UNC who I would say offhand is like a Trinidad fan or anything like this. But listen to the words the leader have to say. Don't take it from me. Take confirmation from the leader of the UNC. The right honorable Kamala Pasad Bissessa. 2020, we had an artist singing with us. Mm-hmm. Um, his name, um, Prince Swami. He's now passed away. May rest in peace. A few moments later. That's why they're shocked. Thank you. That's why they're shocked. I understand what our young people are saying. Oh, um, Maka, Prince Swami is alive. Please forgive me. <laughs> we'll hear him sing again. We will hear him sing again. Thank you so Listen, these people, they're good special. <laughs> The, the, the properly special. This woman say Prince Swami and he's now passed away. And uh, uh, so little boy thinks two things. No pointing out to me that she, this woman is reading from piece of paper. And uh, she must be blind like me too because she's watching Swami and saying Swami. <laughs> but she says Swami dead and then she resurrects him immediately. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. The most you can hope is to correct your mistakes. I who full of mistake and full of flaws should never really be pointing out nobody's mistakes on this platform. No? But I, wa- I want to give you a little quick reminder of what it is Prince Swami sing for UNC. If you don't know, Prince Swami is one of the top uh, Trinidad artists. Easily, I mean, probably the biggest one out of all of them. And with 
songs that, regardless of what you think about Trinidad, and think when you listen to some of Swanee's songs, you go bong to like a few of them. They're well produced, really, really very good music, the man producing. And they have one this year from Boy Boy too. And this is not the first UNC song I've seen from Boy Boy. I wonder if the one they used in this year was the one they used from the last election. But last election, they had gotten a good few Trinidad artists to do drops or jingles or political things for them. Mostly, I'm not sure if at the, you know, you could do corporate level, like at the UNC song, or you could do a song for somebody in a constituency. I know they had a good few people who had gotten songs within the constituency. And I guess PNM answer to that was, um, <laughs> PNM had gotten a right foot, left foot PNM kind of Trini bad version of a song done. It was kind of, it was kind of bad. But, um, UNC had used Trinidad Killer. I know they did Boy Boy, and I just want to play for you a little sample of what they did with Swanee. Above you voting UNC, Auntie Kamala, UNC, vote for Kamala, UNC, dip the finger, ay, 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 she will feel why she work harder. To provide a brighter future The time is now if you over 18 And the IID just dip your finger For five years no blood run like water And none of them are do if stop the drama We just want equal rights and justice Like poor people and no voice wrong, yeah Hey, price gone up in a custom With the sense of them thing we not custom Watch out them close petrol chin down And the hospital bed still run down Every day I get the youth I get gun down Water in the pipe and they know it's still a flu like them have to take the get to you see them clone You see the next party, them better back down Me never know Them would have make the country at some Miss business are you feel we need you The street, them attack so we not go fight them Every seat come now Me never know Them would have make the country at some Miss business are you feel we need you The street, them attack so we not go fight them Every seat come now How about we vote in UNC Listen, I don't remove that from the um thing. Ollie wouldn't believe how often I press that wash your mask thing. <laughs> I don't time to edit out nothing else, Ollie. Gotta hold that. I don't remove that from this thing. <laughs> Every now and again, I just got a reminder of that. But yeah, so that was that was Swanee. That was Swanee's song for the UNC. Salute to Prince Swanee. Top dog in the, in the, in the um in the Zessin and Trinidad movement. And again, that was the last election. So heading on to three, four years ago, and it, it continuing to be a trend in the local government election. Now, I can remember, I can remember about pretty sure there was not a lot of talk on the campaign about any party supporting the Trinidad movement or coming out openly and saying that. But this week, I see people coming out and saying the Trinidad movement is thing, and that's what the youth's following and they're buying into it. Or again, it's, it's clearly a play for votes. It's clearly a play for understanding. If you listen to what these funny songs, if you have ID card and you're over 18, it's very, very direct. And this is what the youth's listening to. Uh, from the standpoint of the artist, right? If you are an artist or a Calypsonian or anything, would you would you join that? Like, would you sing them kind of songs for political parties? Like, some artists stay away from it completely. But I remember uh, some Jamaican artists. Uh, 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 I can't remember who it was offhand. Like, my mind's a little baby sham, right? But I feel like I'm wrong about that because I don't remember any political song he had. But there was a time when, of course, ILP versus... Not ILP, them still around. JLP, Jamaica Labour Party versus PNP. 
the dancehall artist is a big part of what how they campaign now, right? And artists that might be, which is surprisingly to me in Jamaica, might be frowned upon among the political class or the the, the, the upper class or the aristocrats, as we just call them, among the society. They don't really like dancehall that much or, or what dancehall stands for. But boy, they get to like them around politics time. I remember Spice being the latest person who was being criticized for doing a political song. And the artist at the time, even if it wasn't Baby Sham, whoever the artist was at the time was basically saying, listen, as an artist, if I get approached by somebody from a corporate standpoint to do a, a song for their business or add or a jingle, that is what I do for a living. So if I get approached at the, the deal right from a political party, I will do that. He, and he was basically saying that that is not any reflection that I political I stand for the party and what they do and so on. They call me for a song, I'm going to do this song and I'll perform this song and sing if they want. Now, I suppose that you can't be, what is it, like, you can't be directly opposed to the party and still do that. I think anybody who, uh, like morally, you might, if you're really against a party, you're not going to do it. But if you find two of them parties is the same, like me, I, I, I find it's the same lack of luck, luck. <laughs> maybe you just take that check and you move forward, you know what I mean? Go on with your career. It will be forgotten because, I mean, Swanee had many, many more hits after this one. So it's not like that badly affect his career or anything. But I find Auntie Cam's needs, I mean, look how the man was so nice, a young, nice young boy, call it Auntie Camilla. I will kill him off on the political platform. Well, you get yourself together, that man. You know who you're using for your song. You're supporting Trinidad, but the, the biggest Trinidad artist they have, you're getting that name wrong of all the people named to get wrong. <laughs> of all the people named to get wrong, you, you'll get Swan Don name wrong. But anyway, as I don't mention Jamaica already, I want to go on to saluting Marshall Montano for getting the keys to the city of Kingston. But before I do that, I had to get back. I had to get back to the the warlord. I had to get back to the baddest man in Calypso to play. One if 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 they had a um, a gangster version of Calypso, this man would be singing it, you know. Because this particular song is about about what badness used to look like for us back in the day. We have again salute to people like my guy Albie. And uh, my guy Ken, Uncle Kenny, rest in peace, Auntie Gertrude. These are the people who I go to for this kind of information on Calypso, right? And I'm always, you remember when I was talking about Annie Lopez the other day from Woman on the Base? And saying, you know, it's, it's a real story and all that. Uh, the song I'm going to play by Blakey is Steel Band Clash. And talking to them, I started to understand that Steel Band Clash was written about a real situation that would have gone with, with, with Steel Band. You know, the Steel Bands used to fight often back in the day. So when man are bass band and thing is heavy butu, cutlass, wherever it is, bottle like that <laughs> in the pan. Thank God we've evolved past that time. And when you hear these stories from the elders who was a part of that back in the day, right? It's make you feel good, you know. It's make you feel like... Because when you see Pan now, it have no kind of fight whatsoever in Pan. When you look at the faces behind Pan, when you watch Chuckery and you watch um, Regrello and these youths, it have no kind of badness in it. <laughs> it's the Pan is the most docile thing it have. It's the most peaceful thing it could possibly have. So them things is give me hope that we will live to see a Trinidad and Tobago where all this thing about bad, we go look, we'll be looking back at this and you say, you remember when they used to talk about standing ground laws and a gun in Trinidad? We need gun we don't have no kind of guns here that is not a necessity is give you hope for that because apparently back in the day when it's steel band time steel band time is about fight and chop and bottle and them kind of thing and no song better embodies that 
dans Steelman Clash by Lord Blakey. Bad, 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 Calypso. And bad in many ways, apparently. Bad in many ways. You know what I mean? It's for us tough, tough, tough guys. But again, Marshall gets keys to the, uh, the city in Kingston. <laughs> thing I, would, I, I, I don't think I would ever live to see this, right? There are two sides to this story. But Jamaica honors Soka Star during Independence festivities, right? So Jamaica Independence was last week. Happy Independence to Jamaica. Independence, like hell. We on coming up. <laughs> So, King of Soka, Marshall Montano, has received keys to the city of Kingston, Jamaica, in recognition of his music career, which has positively influenced fans in the Caribbean and in the world. Montano has Montano was honored as Jamaica celebrated its Independence Day at the country's national stadium on Sunday. Happy 61st to Jamaica and to Trinidad and Tobago, Montano said after receiving the award in front of a packed stadium. So, we turn in 61 too. This is what Marshall told me. I'm very proud to say I was born in Trinidad and Tobago, but the first time I ever went to school was in Jamaica. What? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me read good. I'm very proud to say I was born in Trinidad and Tobago, but the first time I ever went to school was in Jamaica. I went to school at, a, at Mona Basic, 
My brother went to Hope Valley Experimental. So Marshall is not just Trinidadian, proud Caribbean, Jamaican, proud African. If you're proud, say, yeah, yeah, you're proud and strong. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is he, so why, why are you saying this is the first time he went to school? I confused about this. I, I'm missing something here. Anyway, in 1976, at the age of two, Marshall and his brother Marcus, who was four at the time, moved to Jamaica with their parents, Elizabeth Lady Montano and their father, Winston Monty Montano. The senior Montanos were both former teachers. Lady pursued a bachelor's degree in education while Monty took up geology at, Mon- at Mona campus. We took our children with us and we c- and continued to teach them our our values, Elizabeth said yesterday. There's a manifestation for every action. Love one another. That This has been Marshall's mission since he was a little child. <laughs> if you listen to this music, the common thread is always love, unity, and peace. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll get up. <laughs> I'll get up. She said she added, Marshall has worked with about 25 Jamaican artists, opening them up to soca music. He also worked with legendary Byron Lee. He continues to work with Jamaican artists and other artists around the world. This is a very proud moment coming to fruition. Yesterday, the international entertainer took to his Instagram page to highlight his latest achievement. Thank you, Jamaica, for the keys to the city and your hearts, as I definitely felt the love of the 38,000 in the stadium last night. What a proud moment for Caribbean unity, Caribbean culture, reggae, soca, dancehall, Afro-Asian, all present in the celebration of music, he added. Jamaica Prime Minister Andrew Holness presented the citations of Marshall Montano amid screams from the crowd. Prime Minister Holness also highlighted that both Jamaica and Trinidad and Tobago were celebrating 61 years this year. He said, we are part of a Caribbean family and one of the things that joins us together as a people is music. Music is unity. And your music is about the unity of Caribbean people. We are so proud of you and it is our great pleasure to have bestowed the keys of the city of Kingston to you as an ambassador of the Caribbean and Caribbean people. God bless you. Uh, the CEO of the Kingston Municipality say some words to her. So, salute to him. And I appreciate the fact that Marshall, the reason I say I, would, I, I don't think I would ever see that is because, again, when I was in Jamaica, I don't know that... Um, I don't know that there was such a resounding reception to soca music that any soca music or soca artist could get the keys to the city. At the time I was there, certainly it would not be Marshall. I remember when I went to Jamaica the first time, really, maybe the first time I ever went, Jumbi was his song for our carnival at that time. And I remember still with my friend Simone was playing that for a good friend of mine named Desmond over there. And boy, listen, that music was getting Desmond a headache. You know what I mean? Desmond is a, a full man, a Jamaican businessman. And he was thinking like, this is complete garbage. Which I could understand why a foreigner might hear Jumbi and think. I, I was thinking to myself, Simone, you choose the wrong song to play for the man. You ought to be of carnival to understand or like Jumbi. I mean, it, it ain't going to work for somebody who hearing it out of the context. Jumbi is a contextual song if there ever was one, right? So to see us reach the point where... Keys to, to Kingston being handed out to a soca artist is a huge amount of progress in 20 years. And I, I don't want to discount, I don't want to act like if when I went to Jamaica, it was the first time they ever hear about soca. Because, of course, Brian Lee and them were there introducing and flying the soca flag for a long time. They have an artist named Lord Laro, I play him here a few times, who would have been from Trinidad but living in Jamaica. And, make, and if you go back to people like Lynn Tate and so on, they would have talked about people who in Trinidad who would have contributed to what is the sound of reggae now and reggae coming from Calypso. So I don't want to talk like if 2008, 9, whenever I went there is when things start, right? 
I'm just saying that this, what we call in soca music, the festival and carnival music, is not what it was there. It's not what it, what it is now. It wasn't what it was back then. So to see somebody getting that, and if somebody had to get back then, it would be Destro. It definitely was not going to be, a, <laughs> it definitely was not going to be Marshall. Marshall wasn't as loved as Destro them times. But clearly, a lot has changed. Jamaica, I saw within the last few weeks, Marshall was performing there. Not Marshall, Bungie and Fayan. Huge sellout crowds, people singing along with the song word for word. Uh, you saw it with Marshall as well performing in the stadium. One of the things that I enjoy seeing as well is, uh, I can't remember what was the occasion, but I saw Bungie and them on stage and Bounty Killer on stage vibing with them. And you see it with a lot of dancehall artists vibing with the soca artists, just hyping his song. Marshall, uh, Bungie and Bounty Killer had no song together, but they, one of them called out the other one. And they do some songs, you know what I mean, back and forth, and they chant back and forth, and that was is that is nice to see because again, that's not something I I thought I would have seen certainly in my lifetime, at least my lifetime liming and thing. I still lime, but I never thought I would have seen that. And you see, Kesson, um, Kesson Shaggy having one of the biggest songs that cross the genre with "I'm in that mood." That that that's one of the biggest songs that they have. So that is great to see. Now my question to this, and I I don't want to rain on this in any way or make anything negative about this but I, I had to ask i had to ask how many dancehall artists now have keys to the city uh i, I want to google it i'm I, I feeling like i'm not gonna come up with much dancehall artists with keys to the city keys to kingston because again from my limited view uh I I I I I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know how well received this would have been in Jamaica because the 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 if I make if I if I make reggae music from scratch and that is my genre that represents me all over the world and I make dancehall music out of Jamaica uh, out of reggae music right if you want to call it that and add ska music and so much other genres of music I, I'm not being xenophobic or anything and i don't want to be bad talking trinis i don't want to be the dude who's saying trinis don't deserve this because uh, but and i'll get there to it but trinis don't deserve this because we are the good jamaicans but i'm just questioning the attitude towards dancehall and reggae in jamaica sometimes make me worry because you see trinidad is a place we love dancehall music and love reggae music many many people who travel here who thought they would be here in soca year-round will have quickly realized that on the radio for many, many years, maybe up to the most recent years, you will hear much more dancehall and reggae music on our airwaves, particularly urban airwaves, than you would ever hear Trinidadian music, which used to be a complaint here, right? So we embrace reggae music. Uh, several dancehall artists and reggae artists have come here and sold out shows over the years, right? The Bounty Killers, the Beanie Mans, all the way up to today with her. And maybe Flower Gone and them Daddy Lizard and them fellas. Let me just start from Bounty and Beanie. All the way up to Skilly Bang and them who come last week. And 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 those shows, Rama, see Byron, Messiah, and Savannah the other day, people, people embrace that and they love it, right? At, at, at ground level, it is embraced. And... Uh, even if you want to talk about like legacy acts like Boris Gardner, John Holt, all these are uh, Ken Lazarus, the men come here and make a killing on a Mother's Day show and things. So we we embrace that. 
And I wonder sometimes about Jamaica's own embracing of of their music. Because my, my my one of my first trips to Jamaica was on an Independence Day in Jamaica. I make a miss. Well, I booked the flights to get some business done over there, not realizing that their Independence Day was this. When I get up to make moves the morning, I realize the whole of Kingston empty. It's like what's going on? It's Independence Day. See ignorance is about thing. And I say, all right, I don't do shipping this already. I waste my time here because I waste a whole day on the ground. I must say, three days I booked the flight for or booked the trip for. And I book it around a holiday. So I say, you know what? Let me make the most of this. And I remember going on Nutsworth Boulevard at that time. I was staying in a hotel called Courtly, right? You could leave Courtly and walk up to Nutsworth Boulevard. And it was amazing for me to see like the block of Nutsworth Boulevard and the past stage there and the people who I was seeing performing there is like Alton Ellis and Ken Booth and people who I would know, John Holtz was there as well, people who I would know from listening to Song Clash, right? When it's tune for tune, them is the men who tune playing and it's the first time I get to see them in real life and I was super excited there to see it and the people who were there looking at it. The whole crowd was enamored by it. It's, it's, it's like being in a Trinidadian crowd watching reggae artists. It's like the same amount of love. So it's like the love for dancehall music or reggae music, not missing from what you're seeing on the ground in Kingston. But sometimes I wonder what happened with the upper echelons, like the people who run in the society, the politicians, the business people. Do they really love reggae music and, and, and dancehall music and stuff? I'm saying that Marshall, as far as I'm concerned, deserve keys to the city any city he go to anywhere. And that's my bias talking, right? Because Marshall's one of the greatest artists of all time. There's no city you could deny Marshall in, but it makes me wonder, like, you have so many artists. You know what's one of the things I saw? And I saw somebody talking about this on YouTube, right? Uh, I saw Freddie McGregor performing in Sumfest. And it's just so funny because Freddie McGregor had a bad experience in our customs or immigration or something here. And he said he never coming back to Trinidad. But if you know Freddie McGregor, some of the biggest reggae songs were done by Freddie McGregor. You Google him, right? And listen to him on your own time. He's good. He's bad. Bad, bad artist, if you don't know, right? Legacy act, right? And he come and he get a stroke and he's not feeling good. And I saw him performing on the Japan, Japan reggae cruise now where he had to sit down and perform and... That must be hard. I mean, it's hard wrenching for me to see as a fan, much less what his family going uh, going through. And his son, I mean, them first big ship productions, they have their own thing going on too, but the son traveling with them and they're helping the backup singers, helping him. And you know how it goes when we saw Sparrow go through that, right? Where he had to sit down and perform. And I saw Fred, a very emotional Freddie McGregor perform during Sumfest, doing his big hits and so on and emotional about the love and everything that he received which was enormous so it's surprising to me that somebody like freddie mcgregor don't have keys to the city but but marshall montano you're giving is i find it like um i wonder if i i overthinking this or would it, would you feel disrespected if that's the case so i i, I don't know i don't know i i i, I can't i can't I can't see why people in Jamaica would not be upset about this. And I hope we as Trinidadians who are happy for Marshall and everything. I don't want to take anything away from Marshall, but I just want to understand where are the accolades for your own music? Like when, when, when Bob Marley is not a national hero of Jamaica or, or your biggest reggae artist who... Might be ailing, might be going through things, might be, might be, you know, handing over to the new generation. Where are their accolades and their, why they not, 
hung high. Well, actually, I can't say hung high. That's something good. But why why they not revered and where where their statues around Kingston and where their keys? I mean, Freddie McGregor sing a song named Keys to the City. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this. I, I, I'm not feeling good about this. You know, I'm happy for Marshall. I don't ever want to be. I mean, only know me well enough, right? I'm glad for Marshall. But I ain't feeling good about the fact that I don't think there are many reggae artists and they, uh, probably no dancehall artists will ever get no keys to the city for nothing. When Marshall get out, and the argument will be because I see it in his speech that you're promoting love and unity and peace and togetherness and stuff. And, I mean, I, I, I just think it's, it, it could be a slap in the face. Let me, let, me, let me add a layer to it, right? If tomorrow you were to find out that Marshall, David Rudder, who else you want? Sparrow, Blakey, Kitchener, Voice, Cohen Dubois, all our biggest artists, none of them are keys to put a spin. <laughs> but them men called on um, Barris here and say Barris again. Listen, we're going to be in, in. That's not going to happen. That I don't know how... That is not going to happen during that debate. Let me, let me put it that way, right? Because you're talking about revolt. I, I'm not sure. You may, well, listen, that, that ain't happening. You, know, you better do that as a private ceremony because that is going to be a huge problem in Trinidad. And that ceremony is not going to go on. It's not going to go no further. From the time that hit social media and the who is who started to talk about that, that ceremony again stopped. And they are going to have to pull back that decision. So you see where I'm coming from, right? <laughs> because I, I, I'm surprised that this was done. I'm surprised that people the people in Jamaica, there's no more, more, more uproar about this and people are not seeing it as a slap in the face. And I'm also surprised that so many Jamaicans stand up in um, Jamaica was one of the most prideful countries. You know, if that Alabama boat was pulling up by a Jamaican dock, that would end much worse because, listen, Jamaicans is one of the most prideful people. And listen, there, but more people would have been swimming coming across that boat. It would have been bad. It would have been bad. They should thank God it's black Americans who do it. But Jamaicans fly their flag everywhere and things. So I was, I was a little surprised and moved to see so many Jamaicans in the stadium just enjoying that show. Like, it's nothing like all you're honoring another genre or honoring somebody from a next country before you're honoring those in your own land. But uh, again, maybe I'm overthinking it. They say I talk about them kind of thing too long. Sorry, I, I, I did talk about it too long. But I ain't feeling good about it. So I wanted to make sure that it was said. I, f- I find something inherently wrong with our system that rewards that. Anyway, nearly time for me to get out of here and I have a whole long list of things in front of me. So, I saw an article that I wanted to bring up here that said the great resignation continues as one in four look to change jobs. The great resignation is something that they say during COVID they had an equalizing or a sort of a rethinking of what people really want out of their working life and what they can contribute, right? So I'll read from the from Joel Julian here. Uh, this is from late July. It says, Great resignation continues as one in four continue to change jobs. One in every four workers surveyed by PwC anticipates changing jobs within the next 12 months, saying they're feeling overworked and that they're struggling to pay their monthly bills. In April, PricewaterhouseCoopers surveyed 53,912 individuals who were in a work in work or active in the labor market. The sample was designed to reflect a range of industries, demographic characteristics, and working patterns. The sample was structured across 46 countries and territories, and the sample sizes were scaled to reflect each territory or region's share of the global GDP. In other words, the same, the survey good, right? <laughs> if it's PwC, it's probably good. 
And based on the results of that 2023 hopes and fears global workforce survey, employees say that they are even more likely to quit now than they were last year. Despite softening on the global economy, the great resignation looks to continue. One in four employees say that it, it is likely to change. It is likely they will change jobs in the next 12 months, up from 19% last year. Workers who said that they were most likely to change employers included those who feel overworked, 44%, struggling to pay bills, 38%, and Gen Z, 35%. Important to pull out that Gen Z, right? We'll talk about them. In response to the survey, PwC Trinidad. PwC's Trinidad and Tobago Territory leader, Brian Hackett, said the message is clear. CEOs must reinvent the workplace to retain uh, and develop employees. With the ongoing economic uncertainty, we see a global workforce that wants more pay and wants more purpose for their work. Addressing these needs will be critical as leaders seek to transform their workplaces, enabling business model reinvention, profitable growth, and job creation. So if you, if you wasn't following uh, the global news, that idea of the great resignation is being discussed globally now because they're saying that post-COVID, uh, I alluded to it last week where people, people see what the world could become and how the world could halt or grind or stop and they're looking for more out of their working life. They're looking for more to, to experience more. I spoke about it in terms of travel now, right? Where flights booked. Uh, you, you're trying to book with miles. You had to book a year in advance. Get everybody looking to travel and enjoy themselves. People don't know when the next lockdown will come or when, how long they will live according to what the next pandemic is or anything like that. Hopefully we don't have anything like that again, right? But it's, it shows us how important the role of businesses in a society, where the, the people at PricewaterhouseCoopers would be definitely thought leaders in the business spaces, telling you that if the employment market is shifting, like what people want out of work. So you're seeing a rise in the gig economy. The gig economy being things like Uber, TT Ride, Share, people just working for, is a gig, I'm not taking full-time employment, or in addition to my full-time employment, I have some things that I do. I had a class I started recently. There's a master's class in digital marketing, right? And usually when I do the introduction, I spend some time trying to understand the students, introducing myself and so on in week one. And one of the things that I uh, took note of in this class is that most of the people in the class were saying that they did the MBA for upward mobility, which they don't need to find in their own companies. They, they're willing to go somewhere else. And most of them had something else that they do. So some people selling cake, some people, the people have their, their side hustle or, or something else that they focus on. And you're finding that that is more and more in the workspace and it's becoming more and more prevalent and more relevant in our society to get that done. If if the bills are being paid by the eight to five or the eight to four and you need supplemental income, the gig economy is a good place to find it. If you, you buy and sell some things, you drive some Uber, you, you're going up work and these things, and you find work. I, I spoke about those things some, some weeks ago. So when businesses have to adjust because the workforce is looking for something different, I think the idea of meaningful work is critical. Uh, it's starting to become more and more important for me. Like, um... I don't want to do work that I'm not finding any joy in anymore. It's, it's more important for me to, to find benefits out of work. It took me a long time when people used to talk about passion, right? Like find your passion and pursue your dreams. And I used to find like that's nonsense because I figure out some things I could do and some skills I could have. And once I could apply those skills and make money, I could, who needs passion? Who needs purpose? You know what I mean? I used to say things like that. Like it, it shouldn't matter. But I started to get older again, more and more important to me. And for instance, again, I had 151 episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
I appreciate your round of applause. And me make a sense nobody in paying me to do this. I doing this because I love doing this. I love the feedback that people give me and the fact that um I know I listen to podcasts often too and the radio and I know how it is to turn on the radio in the morning and Dale and Tony are there or Blaze and JW and come out. So I try to be as consistent as I could, not because somebody paying me to do it because I want to do it and I enjoy the results that I get. I feel good when I finish with an episode. I don't feel so good when I realize I have a next episode to do and the amount of time and researchers take me to do some, but I feel good overall and I feel much more good than I ever feel bad about this process, right? And that's what people are looking for out of work these days. So as business owners or business people, if you want to continue to attract the best and the brightest, we had to constantly adjust to what the market conditions look like and where we can continue to attract and keep the best people, right? So I always talk about business and how important business is to our society. And if your business is not comfortable and they're not growing and they're not allowed to innovate and change, because this is just a... You only have about pestle factors. I was talking about in class this week. This is just a pestle factor. This is one of them things that we can't control. The job market change is just what it is. The society is the macro environment changing. And you adjust it so that you could continue to survive, right? So if you're living in a country, you're running a country and you can't make sure that businesses are allowed to adjust where we need to adjust, then you have an issue, right? And I'm saying all that to say, uh, I saw some viral things going on this week that made me very, very uneasy and uncomfortable, right? If you ain't see the note before, if you ain't hear the voice note before, go go and look in your, in your you see the group that like the most back and all in your WhatsApp group, fine, it there. I can't play it. But it's basically a business owner responding to people who is extortionist saying, hey, what you want to do? We, 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 we drop something and we tell you what to do and where you had to pay me and what you want to do? And the man basically saying, hey, here what's going on? I, I went in the bank, I went in the hospital, I, I sick, I trying to think where I get money from to pay all you. And that man say, so you only studying yourself. You ain't studying your children and them. You ain't studying your children's safety. And I thinking, boy, listen, we reach. <laughs> if this is the case, <laughs> if this is the case, we reach. Because what we don't want to get to is a society where business people start to shut down shop and flee. In the midst of this area where there's a great resignation and people looking for more purpose and the rise of a gig economy, you don't want to create a society where business people decide Whatever I have and whatever I make so far, I done at that. Let me go in a society where me have to worry about this kind of phone call. Adding a layer on top of that, when you have uh, a, 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 a police PR show in Beyond the Tape, uh, if you ask me that's where it is, so spread the good word of the police force. When you have one of the more senior and more visible policemen basically saying, yeah, them fellas and them come from jail. And it's like, whoo. It's like I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what road we're going down as a society and where we where we need to arrest it. But I do feel like our 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 society, now our leaders in our society, we, we had to maybe start to take a page from them boat people in Alabama and start to attack with full force in the words of Joseph Tony, right? <laughs> because this can be it. That man can be left after getting a phone call like that. To just fend for himself and defend himself and whatever happened, happened man, he had to see about that and uh, wet them up. And uh, so this is this uh, we can't we can't we can't leave it to that. 
because then the society going all the way down the drain. So, I mean, I don't want to say too much about I can't say too much more about that and that. Go and find that recording yourself and see if you could make sense of that. Again, I just here to play Badman Calypso tune, right? So, <laughs> this is another one I want you to take in for me. I know I played this recently, right? I played this a few episodes ago, but I, and I want you to notice something when it comes to badness and Calypso. It's really two men in charge. You know?
Now, I start off this episode begging for women not to be hit with chair, right? So it's only right that I end this episode with a woman who afraid no chair. Kamala, I am a dangerous woman. <laughs> so this is from the news thing from Sean Douglas. <laughs> Opposition leader Kamala Pazadbisasa said that she's a dangerous woman, but had to be so to stand up for the victims of violent criminals, whom she accused the government of ignoring. She was addressing the UNC rally at Pinal ahead of Monday's local government election. Wait, nice. Next week is local government election. <laughs> <sighs> So we could be okay. So good. This is the last time that Kamala will be my topic for five or the six topic anything, right? So we, we could be done by next week. We could just report on who win the election and we go move on back to regularly scheduled program, right? But when the politics in the air are covered, right? I have to be a dangerous woman to protect you and your family. She what's called that? Chided. That's how you say that. She chided and unnamed. She chided unnamed people who she said had suddenly found their fake sense of humanity in seemingly prioritizing the rights of criminals over the rights of victims. They all say nothing about crime. They say nothing about robberies, nothing about rapes, nothing about murders, nothing about brutal home invasions. They keep quiet about the dehumanizing treatment of the victims of crime. They don't complain about how hard it is for ordinary citizens to live and survive here. But when I say light up the criminals, they turn expert in what is reasonable force. <laughs> and they're so concerned about the rights of bandits who force themselves into people's homes. Right on my camera voice. She scoffed that her critics were purportedly experts in race relations and are concerned about speech. What about defending the, home, the victims of home invasions and crime? Victims suffer from depression, anxiety, constant fear. Victims sometimes commit suicide. Ooh, ooh. Victims, let's call it again, trigger warning. <laughs> Families are destroyed, marriages are broken. Children are left, left scarred for life. What about the feelings of the victims? They call me a dangerous woman. Well, yes, I have to be a dangerous woman because there are too many weak men and weak women in positions of influence who do nothing to protect you. I'm a gunshot button, boy. Be the weakest being the dictator. <laughs> no, that's a hell of a statement. No, they call the man dictator for so long. No, they say the man weak. The weakest being the dictator. <laughs> I have to be a dangerous woman to protect you and your family. Criminals prey on fear. We have to put the fear into criminals. This sounding like a partner of mine. This sounding like somebody I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't gonna call no names. Don't get nervous. We have to put fear into the criminals. I am always contacted by victims of crime for help, so I understand what they go through. Hey, you know what? Now that I'm reading this, you know who is the missing man from this as they put together the... um the defenders of the earth here, right? If you don't have Gary Griffith and you don't have Jack Warner, you have Kamala Passat B. Cecil. I see they say union men involved and them kind of thing, but uh, Roger come out and say, well, them involved, but me ain't involved in nothing like that at all, right? <laughs> but you, you, you're putting together your forces. You're putting together your, 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 your Thanos team. It's Thanos who everybody joined together with and them kind of thing. The only man only missing now is Ian Allen. Nobody ain't get Ian calling to let him call. Because this, this speech, something like the next person they're announcing is Ian Allen. But if it's the next week before the election, they must ain't cut the deal yet. But my prediction is that between now and the next election, you're going to hear Ian Allen come back out in yellow to fight seat and all them kind of thing. Because this is Ian Allen kind of talk, you know what I mean? He's the only man missing, but where are you? She say, uh... 
Pasad Bisesa seemingly defending, or I'm always contacted by victims of crime for help, so I understand what they go through. I say so. Pasad Bisesa seemingly defended her recent choice of language in advising homeowners facing home invasion to light them up. Oh, it wasn't wet them up, it's light them up. At least I am trying to reach out and speak to the speak the youth's language so they can become involved with the political process. <laughs> As leaders, we must humble ourselves and learn to listen to people we represent. Really? Let's explore. Let's see if we could put her back in power and see if she would drive on the ground in motor cars. Anyway, you can you can't listen if you don't speak the same language. I am trying to engage with them. Every man and woman that was murdered had a son. A daughter, a mother, a father, siblings, a niece, a nephew. We must not push these young people away. It is our responsibility as adults to reach out and help. She suggested most cabinet members, ministers have firearm user licenses and were otherwise well protected by police escorts. As she accused the Prime Minister of hypocrisy towards calls... I like how she say hypocrisy. She accused the Prime Minister of hypocrisy towards calls for the general citizenry to also access legal firearms. All police officers and prison officers must be granted an FUL for a personal firearm paid for by the state. Mm. Our officers our officers should be able to protect themselves and their family when they are off duty. I also call on government to rescind that wicked 4% insult to our officers and give them a meaningful raise in salary. Yes, man. This is politics at its best. She quoted us saying... Uh, when she was talking about weak men and weak women, they don't see you as being forced out of your home by gangsters. They don't see your children as under self-imposed curfew in hotspot areas. They don't see you being extorted by criminals so they won't burn down your home or your business. They don't see when your sons are forced to join gangs at gunpoint or be killed for refusing. They don't see when your wives and daughters are being raped and being trigger warning. There's a hell of a trigger warning. They don't see when you're struggling with food prices, school supplies, rent. I had to be a politician, you know. I tell them nothing now, right? At some point, I'm going to jump in here. Let me just say that. Become a mother. Every time I say that, she just called me. It's joke has been making. But I'm going to join. Let me go see me on a platform. I could say all these things now. I feel like it's still up on this crowd. I don't want to join the politics. I just want a chance to talk. You know, this weekend, they should be in... um in a Rangway Savannah and one in Eddie Hart. Talking on platform. I had to talk on a platform before my time up, man. And rile up some people and find things to say, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> look out for me. And I'm looking forward to support. I don't have a certain amount of support here. Counting what I have here as support on a weekly basis. All you do embarrass me. Make sure all you show up for me when I find my way in the political hustings and on the front line. I just did to make the speech. I ain't bound for the votes. I just want people to come and ball and think when you see I make speech. But in the spirit of this episode, and talking about dangerous women and so on, I want to leave you with the warlord of Calypso, the baddest, the, the great Lord Blakey. Go on Google, Sparrow and Blakey stories from jail and all that kind of thing. Right? This is real McCoy. It's not a joke we're talking about here. But I want to leave you with my favorite Lord Blakey song and a song about a woman, <laughs> a dangerous woman too, like Kamala. And I will talk to you next week. Friends, this thing reached so far. 
man white in the south, a still in a doubt, a big up in Maria. Didn't a choose to me, darling, that's Lord Blakey, oh, what a lovely face. She put on, she angels smile on me, and that was the case of me bowling Maria. Girl, I love you so much. Maria, if you leave me now, it'll be hard. She catch me sweet, what she give me to rub, I She do with me what she like I can't catch me breath of frightened to death You could ask me neighbor Mike It have a thing she does do I can't tell it to you because plenty people go cry And yet still it have some deceitful one in here will say that Lord Blakey like I'm a bowling Maria Girl I love you so bad Maria if you leave me now we'll be hard Somewhere hiding in the back, yeah. As I finish sing and get me money to take everything. <laughs> Reminding me of somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
appropriate to play that. I don't play my favorite last one, know, but since all it done here, what's supposed to come next after that? <laughs> Let me go with it now, man. <laughs> <laughs> One day, I'll get episode under two hours, right? I promise. Did you hear about the thief in pussy? Can't they hold up in Sandy Grandy? You can't cook and leave it at all. That pussy can't just make your ball. It's one way to get a relief. So they plan one night to capture the thief. As he crawling by my neighbor's son. And the boys say, push the cats that are run. They're all in him. Hold the pussy, hold the pussy, hold you had to be one of the bad boys of Calypso to sing this back in the days. And what, what year this would be? What year this from? This ain't song ain't good now, much less back then. <laughs> Holy 
night was big confusion. Men with big stick all in the junction. Believe a ivy start to cross. Why all you men so advantageous? Put down them big wood and go back home. The cow too big is one jack alone. The girl so vexed, man, she shall grind. Oh, I'm sorry that pussy in mind. Great Carlton Joseph Lord Blakey. Road match title in 54 with Steel Band Clash, 62 with Maria. I leave in Hollywood at Warlord Acalypso. Bad John, I leave in Hollywood at. Have a good week and a productive week. All the, um, all the badness in this episode. <laughs> this is about goodness. So this podcast is always about goodness. <laughs> So I wish you only a good week and a safe travels. I could talk about it next. When I say safe travels, well, let's stop going place now where August nearly finished. But who knows? You know what I mean? You never know. Traveling could be near you. We still know. But in case, stay safe and stay good. We're going to talk to you next week again.